this is my true love, The Office. There could be no better thing to talk about. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to That's What They Said. So listen, kids, flick your paper football, wear your yogurt lid medal, and get to the conference room stat because it's time for the podcast where a father and son break down the greatest show ever, The Office. I'm here with Griffin Yaz, my son, my pride and joy. Hey, everyone. Hey. Woohoo. I don't have the applause sound effect ready to go. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, I do. Here it is. Hey. Resounding applause from everyone. Resounding <laughs> applause. So before we get into this episode, we are counting down the top 10 Office episodes of all time. As if you're a fan of the podcast, yeah, right off the top, Griff, why don't you tell... By the way, we're broadcasting, recording today from a remote location, thanks to all the silliness over the coronavirus. Right. Home yeah. order from everyone. Yeah, exactly. But it just proves you can do a podcast wherever. That's right, Griff. Thank you. He's a good company, man. Pod617.com. Go there if you want your own podcast. You're learning, Griff. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Okay. Nice the, little plug. All right. The top 10. Yes. So our, our first episode of the entire series was episode 10, number 10 on the countdown, basketball. Mm-hmm. Right. Then came company picnic. Mm-hmm. Then the injury. Mm. Then at the seven was dinner party. And then we just wrapped up a two-parter with stress relief part one and two. That's right. And one thing we forgot to do was give you a hint as to what the the topic was going to be. Excuse me, what the office episode was going to be next week, which is now this week. And so what? Just for kicks, we'll give you the hint right those now. Those diehard fans. Yeah. What? What's your hint for this episode? My hint is terrarium. Terrarium. My hint is hate ball. And before we begin, we'd like to do the suggestion box. Michael rips into the suggestion box and finds some slips with like gum in it and stuff like that. We forgot a couple things last week. One was we had this plan to tell you what Oscar was saying when he roasted Jim. Right. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Michael, of course, Michael. Oscar roasts Michael purely in Spanish. Correct. And, and very rapidly. I won't. Maybe I'll insert the sound later, but if not, sorry, folks. Anyway, he's a little... And he says... And it was so... He said it was so easy for him because he just said what he says on his way from to work when he's <laughs> right. in traffic. Right. And we, then we translated it because yeah. the closed captioning wasn't there. I can do Spanish, but he spoke mm-hmm. really fast and right. there wasn't closed captioning, so I couldn't read it. We looked it up on like this like crazy website. Mm-hmm. And do you remember what it translated to? Something about how he's getting an ulcer from Michael every day or something? Yeah, it's yeah. like... You give me an ulcer every time I wake up and have to come work for you. <laughs> and then he ends in Spanish. He's like, para ti, para ti. Para ti. Because of you. Because of you. Because of you. Good, good, good deep dive there, Griff. Thank I you. enjoyed that. All right. So let, let's get into this. So we can, we can tell you, in can fact. Reveal. Let's do the reveal. Let me find the drum roll. I think it's here somewhere. Oh, there it is. Griff. Office Olympics. Office Olympics. That's right. A classic. Comes in at number six on the countdown. I think it's number, f- we number five? five. We're up to five. Wow, we're in the top five. This is exciting. This is exciting. All right. A little bit about this episode. It was the third episode of the second season. It aired October 4th, 2005. Almost my birthday, Griff. Not quite. And uh, the episode guest starred Nancy Carell. We'll get to her. She is, of course, the real life wife of Steve Carell. Office is she a real actor? Actress? Yeah, actress, yeah. She actually, I forget what her maiden name was, but she was uh, a regular on Saturday Night Live, if you can believe that. Interesting. So they didn't season. just bring her on just because she's Steve No, Carell's. she's an actress. I think she's okay. been in some stuff. Yeah. But let's see. The Office Olympics, well, what happens in this episode is when Michael goes off to buy a condo, he's accompanied by Dwight. And back at the office, the office staff decides to stage an office Olympics led by, of course, Jim, supported by Pam. 
at the condominium sighting, Michael discusses the deal with his realtor, who again, played by Nancy Carell, Carol Stills. She finds, uh, Dwight finds a lot of things wrong with the apartment. Michael gets cold feet, but then he realizes he has to go through with it because he'll lose all kinds of money. And then we go back to the office and the office Olympics winds up. Jim presents Michael with a gold medal just simply for buying a condo, which kind of makes no sense, but everybody's kind of happy at the end. Michael is relieved or at least gratified at the end after being all kinds of stressed about how much money he was sinking into this condo. Is that decent? Absolutely. Yeah. uh, Synopsis. Okay. So what we do here is we go through the categories. We do the best lines from the best lines from the episode. We do the MVP. We do the sleeper, not necessarily in this order. We do trivia. We do a, we'll hit you with a deleted scene. We do shooting it where we poke holes in the episode. We'll give you our George Foreman hot take of the week. And we'll present the Dundee at the end, maybe if you're good listeners, by the way, thank you for um, subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for leaving comments. Saw a comment uh, recently on Facebook from Liz Darby, our friend Liz Darby. Of course. Right? Yeah. She said it was great to, great to hear. We, we happen to know her, but if you, if you like us, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts or if you see us posted on Facebook, anything like that, please. We love the feedback. And we're not necessarily right about everything, just most things. So let's see. We are going to do best lines. Griff, would you like to... Wait, I forgot to do my traditional little squib here. And what I tend to say is we're going to try to whittle down the episode to the best lines. It's going to be hard, but I know at the end you're going to be satisfied. That's what she said. Pretty good. I have two different that's what she said. That's what she said. There's, <laughs> the, there's the rapid fire that's what she said, and then there's the calmer. That's what she said. That's kind of more to make a point. Okay. okay. <laughs> Thank you for that, Einstein. Um, Go ahead, man. Hit start, me with some best lines. Yeah. I only have two. Oh, um, really? Okay. In the opening, when, of course, Michael asks Ryan to bring him the sausage egg and cheese sausage egg and cheese right from mcdonald's at like 6 30 in the morning before work right when ryan announces that he's going back to his car to take a nap Mm -hmm. until work starts michael opens the sandwich up Mm -hmm. and takes off the i think it's the biscuit yeah right and says healthier gotta gotta watch those (laughs) carbs you've always loved that line (laughs) because he's at mcdonald's like are you really going for the the healthy route here if you're shopping there Yeah, not only that but he made his poor temp like schlep to the office at 6 a.m or whatever just to bring the sandwich and he's only going to eat half of it right exactly we can listen to a little bit of that sequence here take a couple hours office is yours home alone risky business take your pants off run around whatever you ought to do I'm just gonna take a nap in my car till work starts. Okay. Healthier. I'll watch those carbs. <laughs> That's the carbs, and he puts aside the biscuit. I, I heard on the podcast, which I often reference on this podcast, Office Ladies with Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey, that he had to do that take multiple, multiple times. Because like, he was cracking up. No, j- just as will, they will do with any like scene that they want to make sure they get it right. They just do it a couple dozen times. But the problem is he took a bite of the, of the egg and cheese biscuit. So he's got to do that two dozen times. So he had a bucket of, of them under his desk and he would make, do the bite and then spit it out into a different like spit bucket. Isn't that gross? <laughs> yeah. I know. Show business. I guess. Okay, give me another. It's such a hard job. He has to spit out his sausage, egg, well, and cheese biscuit. That would, that would get gross after a, a while. As he's making think? millions of dollars to be on All this right, TV whatever. show. Steve okay. Carell seems like a nice guy. Don't he malign is. him. All right. Um, my second quote is also Michael 
It's mm-hmm. when he and Dwight are kind of bickering in the car when they're returning back from the condo. Yep. And Michael, Michael says uh, to Dwight, after Dwight mentions his beet farm, he says, why don't you grow something <laughs> that everyone likes? Why don't you grow candy? <laughs> that was one I of mine. Go for some I candy right now. I go for some candy. <laughs> like the only thing he could think of that it tastes much better than beets is candy. Not stopping to think that you can't actually grow candy. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I had that down. Okay, here, I liked, I, I would argue that maybe the first line of this episode is the funniest first line of any episode of The Office. I might might as well play it. Michael's in The Office super early, and this is what we hear him say. I'm an early bird, and I'm a night owl. So I'm wise, and I have worms. (laughs) I just love it. I get. Didn't you get the feeling it's one of those sentences? It's classic, Michael. Yeah, because he got the first part right. So I'm wise, and then he he doesn't he doesn't stop to think of where the rest of the sentence is going. That's that's his quote when he's talking to David Wallace. Sometimes I start a sentence and I don't know where it's gonna finish. Right, and he does that all the time. So I walk over to Kevin. Kevin has a a flannel. (laughs) Right. Tweed. He has a tweed jacket. Yeah, and poor David Wallace is going, what is he talking about? And he wasn't talking about anything. Like, that was an example of his good management. Yes. When he tells Kevin he feels the need for tweed. Yeah. What else for best lines? I like the line where at the beginning, Michael says, in the olden days, if you didn't have land, they would, what did they, what does he say? I throw you to the stocks. Throw you in the stocks. You know what the stocks are? No. So the, in these old timey movies, it's, it's, where, it's one of these big wooden things that you put your arms through a hole, oh, and, okay. through a hole and they lock you up and you just have to stand there. It's, it's a form of torture. And Dwight says, you should bring the stocks back. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's so classic. Dwight, a uh, couple more lines. That's like his line. I kind of say it sometimes in real life now. Mm-hmm. He goes, we need a plague. <laughs> yeah. <I don't. laughs> oh, now, that's a little too close to home these days, Griff. That's we, true, we might, actually. We might be living one right now. So a couple more best lines. I loved when they start to do this office Olympics thing, and Jim is doing it with an unusual amount of flair and pop, pomp and circumstance. So they light a candle for the opening ceremonies, and Kevin says... It smells like a cookie. It smells like cookies. And, do I, and uh, Jim counters... Yes, it does. Yes, Yes, it it does, does, my friend. friend. As if if that's the most important thing. I just love that. And my final best line is who, (laughs) towards, towards the end of the condo sequence, Michael offers Dwight a spot to live with him in and pay him rent in the condo because Michael realized how much money it's going to cost. Dwight apparently is trying to think of a way out of it. So he's asking all these questions like, can we carpool? Can I bring my terrarium? All this business. And the last one he says was, who's the primary on the fire insurance? <laughs> like, like, why would anyone care or know? So those are my best lines. That's a good one. Okay. So now uh, we move on to trivia. I think this is my favorite portion of the show. The trivia? Yeah, I think oh, so. I like it as well. You want to hit me first? Sure. Want, okay. So you wouldn't know this answer if not for watching it like us with the closed captioning like going really deep into it right but can you name what instrument is playing through the walls of michael's condo i believe that's a cello absolutely correct thank you yeah you see it in the closed captioning and says like cello plays i don't know if they say oh, it you at know all. what that's a good point i don't know if they ever say they it. never say it so because we we got the closed captioning yeah okay next mm-hmm. is Oh, this is a funny one. So Phyllis volunteers for Flonkerton. Right. And Jim helps her get into the get on top of the 
the paper whatever right. the boxes they're basically paper boxes with those thick, straps thick plastic straps and you and what they've decided to do is put their feet in there yeah and jim says "Ooh, let me help you get your foot into this and he's it's the word for strap but what does he call it oh my god that's a deep dive yeah Oh, the flunk. It's a flunk. (laughs) (laughs) Let me help you get into this flunk. (laughs) That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then my last one is when Dwight's talking about Shroot Farms and he says something along the lines of, oh, I have a great living arrangement already. I live in a nine nine bedroom farmhouse. I have my own. That was one of my trivia questions. (laughs) I have my own crossbow range. Crossbow range. (laughs) I can't believe we had the same one. Wow. That's hysterical. Great minds think alike. Exactly. All right. I have a few for you. I still have still have four or five oh, or whatever, whatever I got. All right. Here we go. Simple one to start off. Dwight, as this episode presented itself to us, Dwight had been the number two to Michael for how long? Five years. That's right. Absolutely right. This is a little harder. <laughs> He's like Mozart. And I'm like Butch Cassidy. <laughs> you know what? I made a note of that and I didn't know where to, that could have been a best line. Yeah. He, that whole, but it, it's really the whole spiel. He, he talks about, he, he can't figure the, out Mozart. The greatest uh, tag teams in history. Mozart, right. Mozart, Mozart and, and Butch, Butch Cassidy. Cassidy right. <laughs> Mess with Mozart. Get a cap on your ass courtesy of Butch, Butch Cassidy. <laughs> so Michael tells Pam to make sure that she transfers the address so he gets his magazine subscriptions how many of the magazines can you name okay so i don't just read cracked that's right cracked he claims he wants fine arts fine i'll give you that's the last one he's making it up it's clearly fake but he says fine arts can you name the other one small businessman that's right very good and the i'm blanking on the first one small businessman might have i think it was the the second So one of these magazines is known for like having babes on the, on the front and it's supposed to be for, I don't see. It's, it's amazing that this magazine is actually before your time. Cause I think of it as a new Maxim. Maxim was one of them, which I is wouldn't like, have gotten that. it's, it's part of my language. It's like the magazine for douchebags is, is, and then American way is the other one, which is funny into its own. Cause it's the in-flight magazine for American. Oh my God. Airlines. He loves in-flight yeah. magazines. He's mentioned that before on the, on the show. I Isn't think that right? like the China episode. Maybe, maybe. Or uh, no, I'm, maybe I'm thinking of something else, but he says like great articles in there or something. Yeah, it's like, uh, like there's a great article on where Reba McIntyre likes to have <laughs> lunch in Nashville when she goes there or something like that. Yeah. Uh, trivia, trivia. Okay, what is the actual English translation of Flankerton? Icelandic paper sport? Icelandic paper sledding? I think I wrote it down on our box of paper snowshoe racing. Oh, that's it. That's okay. gotta be it. Oh, whatever, whatever. And... When Pam announces Flankerton in the in the end, in the heat of the moment, when Phyllis has declared the winner, yes. Jim mispronounces it. What does he say? He says, you are the winner of, and he's trying to say Flankerton, but he says, oh, I don't know, but he says, thank you, Icelandic delegate. He does say that. I'll give you credit for that. He says Flernington. Flernington. <laughs> and then Pam quickly corrects him and says Flankerton. That's all for my trivia questions. So now I think it's time. That uh, we think of the best of the best, and if I can find the intro, that would help. I like that we do MVP in the middle of the episode, because some people might save it till the end, but... Agreed, agreed. Because it's not necessarily the highlight of the show. They're all highlights. Okay, you want to go? It's also very subjective. My MVP, I kept it simple, I went with Jim. I did too. Yeah. That's that's the second week in a row we got the same one. Yep. 
it's got to be Jim. He orchestrates the whole Office Olympics. He has the fun scenes where he's doing the games, like seeking around the office, looking for people that play different sport during time when they should be working. And he's just funny. He keeps everything going. He has like the sort of charisma that he doesn't have very often. Pam says that like mm-hmm. Jim's great for stuff like Office Olympics, but he works here. So that rarely ever happens. I, I you, You're exactly right. That's what I was thinking. She says it point blank that that's Jim loves fun things and we'll get into things, but he works at a paper company and I can, I can empathize with Jim because I've had jobs where, because I, I think you would agree. Yeah. I'm your dad. Me, I, I am that kind of guy that organizes yeah. silly things. Exactly. <laughs> and so it, when uh, I've had jobs where it didn't work, I've had jobs where it did work. I used to work at uh, newspaper lawyers weekly. We would have these sales contests. So I would like divide these, our whole office into teams. One year we did the battle of the, of the decades. So I did seventies. No, 60s, 70s, and 80s. So you had to come in dressed as like someone from the 60s, 70s. And it was all silly, but it was just made to to raise spirits. And, and you've that's also done that when you coach rec basketball. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the, you know it well. Like prizes and stuff if we hustle during the games and stuff like that. Yep. But that's Jim. That's got to be that Jim. That is Jim. That is Jim. And so he, he's the MVP here. And I'll, I'll just add that another reason he's the MVP is he does... In classic office fashion, an episode filled with all kinds of silliness ends with kind of a, a nice, genuine moment. Nice and, gesture, yeah. Yeah, because he, he decides that he's going to, he's the best way he can end this day is to give Michael this phony gold medal completely concocted. And, but somehow, do you think, do you think he knows that Michael is actually going to like this and not just going to say, not he's, because Michael's not the kind of boss that's going to go, this is stupid. Why are you doing this? Of course. Because he's going to get some praise, right? Which he loves. What could he love more than right. people clapping for him? Right. Doesn't matter why. Exactly. As he has said in a different episode, if you know me, I have a love for fanfare for its own sake, or something <laughs> like that, right? And so, yeah, he, he, and so, and Michael brings it, gets a tear to his eye. And I heard, I, with a little bit of deep research, I heard that that was kind of a last-minute choice on Steve Carell's part to actually get get moved and, and start to tear up. So. Oh, I should have asked you the truth. I think it's on character. How many people cried in this episode? Might have been just him. Just him? Uh, Michael might have cried a couple times, actually. That's it, I guess. He, like, pouted. Right. (laughs) That doesn't count. Okay. Um, So, you have your MVPs. So, now... We go to the sleeper. Sleeper. Unsung (laughs) hero of the episode. Right. That's right. Who do you got? I went someone that has a couple funny lines here and there. No, like, huge part. I went mm-hmm. Phyllis. That's who I went no to! Way! The first time we matched on both. We matched on both. Wow. wow I can't believe it. Okay, so you go, you go first. Uh, we'll probably say the same thing, but mm-hmm. she just has, like, I think it's two just, like, really funny moments. One is the Flockerton mm-hmm. when she volunteers uh, to race against Kevin, which is funny. It's a good moment. She wins. And then the other one is when they're playing horse right. with the, the coffee cup on Pam's desk and they're playing horse. She's against Stanley and she's winning. Stanley has HOR. And if you don't know anything about the game, you get a letter for every time you miss a shot. Right. And she's winning. So she only has HO. Right. And Jim calls that out. And 
Phyllis says, you calling me a hoe? You calling me a hoe? And, and you remember what Jim says, yeah. Coming alive, Phyllis. Oh my God. I love it. Phyllis, coming alive. Because the Phyllis character, I feel like at that point, hadn't been very developed. She was just this kind of quiet. She does really progress when she starts to meet Bob Vance. Right, exactly. Um, and right. she comes really out of her shell. So that brings up another topic that if you have something on this, you, we can pause and do it later. But did Phyllis won Flonkerton. Okay. Yes. She was winning horse. We don't actually see who right. won the horse. So, which brings to me the question, who actually won Office Olympics? Did you think about this? Can we talk about this now? Uh, that's my hot take. All right. Because let's, let's, let's put a pin in it then. Okay. Let's put a pin in it. One thing about Phyllis thought, though, yeah. that ca the character of Phyllis, did you, I'm like 99% sure this is true. She auditioned for like some other role and they liked her a lot, but they couldn't fit her in. Mm -hmm. So they just made her own role. Like she, they completely made up the, the right? role of Phyllis. That's funny. Cause that's actually sort of what happened with Creed also creed was originally signed and he was so creepy yeah exactly. actually no that's not what happened with phyllis phyllis like was working on the set and then they liked her and then they just put her in the show imagine she, that yeah and she ends up being the cartoon voice of one of the emotions in that inside out disney movie. really oh yeah she was one of them oh, yeah okay yeah. okay is it time to take a break griff is that and do we do shooting yeah. it later okay but when we come back we're going to do shooting it we're going to deleted scene we're going to hit you with a deleted scene i'm not necessarily going in order we got a couple other things to get to but we'll pause just for a minute here to tell you about what we do at the boston podcast network how would you like your own podcast kids the boston podcast network can produce one for you whether you're a lawyer a financial advisor really anyone you're probably stuck at home now and you're probably wondering what you're going to do with all your time well we produce podcasts remotely that's right if you sign on with the boston podcast network we'll send you out a state-of-the-art USB microphone and we'll help you put this podcast out and get it out to the world. We host it. All your podcasts will appear in pod617.com. If you're interested, just go to the website. Plenty of ways to get in touch with us, pod617.com. Be part of the pod revolution in pod we trust. Griff, I read that without a script. Did you notice that? Impressive. It's in my head. I know sometimes I look at a script, but I, I no need to. Should we hit them with the deleted scene? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah okay. it's a good one this yeah. time. This is good. So you want to set it up? Sure. So this is Michael outside of his condo and he's talking to Dwight and we don't see this in the, in the show at all, but a neighbor pops his head out right. and you'll hear him. He says like, hello, the neighbor actually is the, the creator of the office. Greg Daniels. Greg right. Daniels. Yep. He only makes one other appearance throughout the entire show. We think. Yeah. And this which one is got the this finale. One, right. And this one got cut out. But it's funny, and yeah. you'll, you'll hear it. All right, here we go. Mm -hmm. One noise complaint, several speeding tickets. Mm -hmm. Do you own a gun? No. I didn't think about it. Mm, I don't need a gun. Hello? Hello? How are you? I'm okay. just about to close on 126 over there, and I guess we're going to be neighbors. Very cool, very cool. So, so what's the vibe? What's the vibe of this place? I don't know. It's pretty quiet. Oh, ooh, ooh that's going to change. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because I loves to party, and I'm going to be partying my butt off of this place. Okay, but there's an 11 o'clock noise curfew. I am Dwight Schrute, Mr. Scott's associate. Who's Mr. Scott? Him. I have a couple questions about the neighborhood. Have you had any problems with prostitution, crack dealing, gang violence, etc.? No. Here's a question for you. I have a convertible. Is it safe to park that in my driveway? All right. See you soon. And he goes back and she doesn't answer the, the question in horror. Yeah. Greg Daniels plays a good, I mean, he doesn't do a lot of acting, but he plays a good, like annoyed guy. The look on his face that was like, he couldn't be bothered. Yeah. You, you figure that he could 
honestly have been a character in the office with that acting. I thought he played a, played a good role there. Well, that, that was, I've learned this, when they created the office, one of the rules was they wanted people who were writers who could act and write at the same time. So we already mentioned on the show, BJ Novak, Mindy, Mindy Kaling. Kaling had written up uh, and Paul, Paul Lieberstein, Lieberstein. <laughs> who plays Toby. He, the, the guy who plays Toby was a writer. He wasn't even supposed to be on the show. And also he, the he guy that plays Moe's. That's right. Of course. Yeah. Michael sure. One of the sure's. I don't know. Responsible for a lot actually. Oh yeah. He's one of the driving forces of the show. Yeah. And, and it's so weird because Moe's is like the weirdest character <laughs> you would, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think. Right. All right, so we're up to the portion of the show where we poke a few holes in the show. Shrewded it. Yep, shrewded it. So let's talk about where they shrewded it. Okay, my first one is about the expense reports. Because what happens in this episode is when Michael leaves to go close on his condo with Dwight, he says, Pam, just have everybody work on their expense reports. And that's like a big harangue. And like Jim goes over to accounting and says, Oscar, do we really have to go back to last quarter on these expense reports? Okay, I've done re expense reports. They don't take that long. <laughs> I mean, they're a pain because like you forget about them and then you got a pocket full of receipts. But you just you do it like kind of on your own time because you want to get paid back. You, that's what it right. is, right? And, and so, Jim says it only takes him five minutes. Exactly. And so they use that. That, that was a small, usually the, the show, The Office is, I mean, it's a satire. It's not really like real life, but there are little portions of, like you can see, like I know someone who kind of reminds me of Creed or kind of reminds me of like whoever, mm -hmm. <laughs> the whole office. But anyway, but the, the expense reports, there are other episodes where they're like, oh, we got to spend all night doing these expense reports. They don't take that long. Okay, sorry. Sure did it. <laughs> Go ahead. My one of mine is why is Pam changing the address to Michael's mail? Yeah, like I, I don't understand that. She's the receptionist. Why is she responsible for his at home life? Yeah, you're right. It, it's like one of these Michael's thinks he's king, so he can ask his the receptionist, right? She's not his assistant, she's not like, even his assistant, right? That's yeah, that's, that's a weird. Good, to me. That's a good one. Okay, when Dwight puts the top down on Michael's convertible Sebring. Michael tries to get him to stop it. How come Dwight is able to reach the button? Why is it's, it's almost like the buttons on the passenger side of the door? I don't know. That it's like out of proportion. Clearly. Right. Okay, that was mine. Angela, when she when we find out that Angela hates hate ball, right? Do you think it's within her character to put up with hate ball for two years without tattling to anyone, without snitching uh, on them? Good point. I think that's just not her character. And not not only that, if they really were playing it for two years, wouldn't someone else in the office besides Angela have noticed Absolutely. before? Right. I've got that's a good. You bring that up because I'm going to build on that one. That's not how you play paper football. What they're it's doing, not. It's, not, it's not at all. Like all they all they were doing was the field goal part of the right. Mm -hmm. So I've played paper football. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it, in when I was a, a senior in high school, we used to hang out on the fourth floor of the library. So and no one would bother us, and we could make some noise. And we had a pole paper football league. So you 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 fold a piece of paper up into this little tightly folded triangle. Mm -hmm. And what you do, have you played it before? You, uh, some iteration of you, it, but yeah, it's definitely you, changed by yeah, now. Yeah, you got to be at a table. It's about the, the table. Like we're sitting right now at a table, which is your sort of typical table that you would like bring to a barbecue about that size. And you would hit it and you get like two. Yeah, you get two hits. You start at your end of the table. You hit it once with like the backhand of your hand. And then so maybe it goes about halfway at the table. You hit it again. What you're trying to do is get it so that it's partially off the uh -huh. end of the table. And if you do that, that's a touchdown. Now, most of the time you hit it, you either come up short or you hit it off completely. 
if you score the touchdown, I can't believe I'm going through this whole thing. Anyways, <laughs> then that's when you kick the extra point and a person puts their fingers in the shape of a field. I have played that before. And okay. we play something like that at camp with the, but, with the salt shakers, right. but the, there's oh. no, there's no space for that. Exactly. Even at the desk. That's my point. The, the workspace where Kevin and Oscar sit, which seems really cramped and, and claustrophobic. Yeah. There's not enough room to play paper football. So sorry. Sure did it. When Michael's in his master bedroom, yep. he points out cable readiness. Right. On the opposite wall is actually where he intends to put the TV. How, why does he plan on putting the TV on the opposite wall of the cable? It's a, and, he wants and, to put it up like a plasma screen TV. The cable's going to have to reach across the room. And as Dwight points out, you picked the wrong wall anyway. Because right. it's a shared wall because there's cellos on the other side. That's a good one. That's a good one. My next shooting it is about Thunderball. So Oscar says to Jim, hey, have Toby tell you about Thunderball. And it's like this fun game they play back in what they call the annex, I guess, of the office. And what it consists of is Toby throwing the ball up against the wall, but but then over the partition of mm-hmm. the, to the de- person on the desk next to him in the in the cubicle, and then they just throw it back. So here's my question: How do you win? That's not a game, right? No. <laughs> just like I mean, it seems kind of fun, but it's not a game. Uh, maybe that's a minor. Maybe that maybe I'm the picking. Yeah, I have two more. One, when they close the sale. In celebration, you see them like on the in the one of the upper floors of his condo eating burritos. Yeah. So did they come with the burritos or when they closed the sale, did they leave to get burritos and then not go back to the office? Just go back to the condo and eat the burritos there. That's a good point. And I always wondered, I was looking at those burritos, wondering what they were, whether it was a wrap sandwich. I think you're right. I think they were burritos. Yeah, it was, it was some weird. Like, the the drinks had like some Mexican icon oh, it on did? it. Yeah. Oh, good eyes. Thank okay. you. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I got like maybe one or two more. One, Stanley at the very beginning of the episode has a pretty good line when Michael sa- when Jim says to him, "Do you have any games that you play in the office?" Stanley said, "Yeah, I got a game. I work hard so my kids can go to college." Mm-hmm. And Jim's like, "Fair enough." It's like I'm out. And then later in the episode, he's enthusiastically playing horse. Yes, like, so yes. Like, so that was a quick change of character. And my last shrewding it is when Michael realizes how much the condo is going to cost him, he asks Dwight to move in, or as he puts it, he allows Dwight to move in Mm -hmm. and pay him rent with all kinds of strings attached. Why would he offer that out of the blue to a guy? He knows Dwight's not homeless, right? Right. Like, like, I mean, maybe he, he just thought, well, this guy worships me, kisses my ass all the time. He'll want to live with me too. Uh-huh. But is, wouldn't that be a weird thing to tell somebody? Like, hey, you can move in with me. It's well, I, I have a place to live, right? <laughs> I mean, it was a little weird, right? I actually have one more, and it's oh, the good. best one. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm going to need you to pull it up. And for the listeners, yep. you're not going to be able to see it, but I would encourage you to go at home and, and watch it. Mm-hmm. It's the scene where Michael is given the gold medal. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you see Michael presented the gold medal. Jim puts it around his neck. And in the background, there's an employee there that does not belong Come at the on. office. Come on. Are you serious? Absolutely not. It is like an extra. Uh, okay. closed yeah. on his condo. So okay. gold medal. So Jim's presenting. We'll narrate a little here if necessary. Oh, you're right. Okay, so what we're, we're looking at a still. Griff, this, you're like Abra- <laughs> Abraham Zapruder taping the Kennedy assassination, recording the Kennedy assassination. Sorry, filming it. So that's a really good still because in the foreground, we have Toby and Kelly. In the background, we have Angela making one of her trademark looks. How do you, how do you describe that? Unapp- unapproving. Unapproving. Disapproving. Yeah, disapproving. Unapproving. And then you have a woman... Who looks, I've never seen her before ever on the show. It's great. And she's um, smiling. She's clapping too. She's smiling. Too. She looks sort of middle-aged with like kind of long, grayish, grayish, hair. Some grayish hair. Wow, Griff. 
And then she's also in like a couple shots later. Like you don't have to play it, but yeah. it's not like they just like put her in for that one little still. Well, um, they put her yeah. in for for the whole scene. Yeah. See, see, I know that in season one there were like people in the background, like Creed didn't even have a scripted line in season one, the whole season. He was just mm -hmm. in the background. Same with Devin, the guy who they eventually fire in the Halloween episode. Yeah. So this could have been one of those people, but by this, this is season two. You would think by now they would have cleared that. Yeah. They just had a person. And as the show progressed, it wasn't like, it's not like, um, in, I don't to name a random show like Brooklyn nine, nine. Right. Mm -hmm. So Brooklyn nine, nine, it takes place in a pr police precinct, also a comedy like this show. There might be people in the background that aren't part of the the cast of the show. Right. right? They're always like milling around. Yeah, people coming in and out because it's a police station. But the office, Dunder Mifflin, everybody Dunder in Mifflin, there. you can map out the entire place right. and know like this is his person's desk, exactly. this is so-and-so's desk. But where would she, who is she? Who is I don't she? know her. Yeah, she's the mystery woman. She's the mystery woman. All right. So are we up to hot take? George Foreman Grill. The George Foreman Grill. Let Hot me, takes. Let me put the uh, bacon on the grill just so we're all in the mood. And uh, why don't you go for You seem like you got a good one there, so why don't you go? I have two, and I'll start you with one of the colder of two. We've already kind of elaborated on it that Michael gets um, wet-eyed, not dry-eyed. Uh, Misty-eyed? Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Whatever. He starts to like shed a tear when right. he's so happy that he's been given this gold medal. Mm -hmm. I think that this is the second biggest honor he's ever been given in his entire <laughs> life behind. Uh, can you guess what? Well, off the top of my head, salesman, Dunder Mifflin salesman. Of the Absolutely. Year, two correct. years in a row. Thank you. Thank you. But besides that, I don't think in childhood he was a winner at all. I think this wow. is like one of his biggest wins ever. Well, he, he has to give himself his own world's best boss cup. <laughs> exactly right. And he had his, the certificate that hangs on his wall. Do you know what that is? It's it, it, most creative. No, oh no, that's what he puts on in the commercial when he makes his own commercial. Right, and he awards himself most creative, most creative yeah, boss. Yeah, but, but he, in the certificate that hangs on, like to if you, as you're watching the show, it's to your to the left side of the screen. There's a certificate that looks like something official, but it says like official like watch owner of like Carton's watch or something. <laughs> like it came with the watch that he bought. That's on his wall. So. He was, uh, as a child, on the TV show Fundle Bundle, but, <laughs> but that didn't go well. So I think you might be right, Griff. That's why he gets so teary-eyed. He gets so emotional. And then my second hot take ahead, yeah. is that the final, final podium, Jim does not deserve the bronze medal. Okay, so this is good. I'm glad you brought this up. We mentioned that we thought Phyllis won the most medals, or you can concur that it's anyone but Jim because Jim's not participating. Right. It's kind of unlike Jim to just give himself the honor of the third, like the third highest prize. I what? guess, right. I guess the we're supposed to interpret it is that like the, the scoring was out the window once they got to the end and Jim just wanted a nice way to do it. So he just put himself up on the bronze. But however, you're right. Why, why keep score at the beginning, Jim, if you're not going to. So this is what I have. I was, I, I, I tried to chart this in Flonkerton gold medal went to Phyllis with the, with the silver going to Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. right. Uh, Eminem eating competition. Kevin gets Kevin. gold medals. No, medals. No one else should even try. So in hoops, in a horse rather, Stanley was participating with Phyllis. Phyllis was leading at the, at, as far as we know. Yes. Elevator guessing competition. Ryan, Ryan Howard. Gold medal. 
And the coffee race, which incomplete results. Incomplete, but it was between Oscar and Toby. It, it, it looked to me like Oscar had a narrow lead at, at the end. But again, then Michael and Dwight walked in. They but even so, it. they don't, they, that's their first event. So they're not given any, already, they don't have any medals already. Right. So really, if, if from what we know. It has to be either Kevin or Phyllis. Kevin or Phyllis. And it could have been a tie. They could have ended in a. You would argue it has to be Kevin because. He's get, given two gold medals. They gave him two? Two gold medals for the M&M eating contest. So he automatically has two gold medals. If Phyllis picks up the win in hoops and in, in horse, she only has two gold medals. <laughs> and not to mention, right. Kevin has the, the silver medal in Flonkerton. You're right. Which is one of the signature events of the Office Olympics. We actually did this in, in college in my fraternity. We had basement Olympics. And the sports were foosball, pinball, and then a bunch of drinking games like beer pong and like, oh, then they had keg toss, which I never understood. You took an empty keg of beer and you threw it as far as you could. I never did that. But anyway, that was that was Basement Olympics. Uh, so you're, you're right. And Your hot Phyllis, take now. Kevin. Oh, my hot take was, I only have one. My hot take is Ryan's kind of a jerk. Like you want to like him, but he, but he really is time and time again, especially in the early season, he shows he's a jerk, which which then completely blows up later in the series when he goes to corporate and gets elevated and comes a com becomes a complete jerky face. But anyway, in this episode, he gets a medal, which uh, must have been for the elevator guessing, of mm -hmm. course. And Pam took the time to make it and he threw it in the trash. And then in the Talking Head interview afterwards, he says, I mean, what am I going to do with the yogurt lid <laughs> and necklace made out of paper clips? Which is fine, but you know what? Right. For a day, for a day, put it on your on your billboard, put it a uh, bulletin board right on your desk or something. Or wear it, or wear it for a day, and then later we start to see these little things later in the show. I'm trying to think of what the other one was. Well, he always treats Kelly poorly, but yeah. it's funny you say this because yeah. I think you always steal my Dundee. Oh, that was your Dundee! Oh, no. <laughs> Because my Dundee. Oh, you stole a couple of mine. Too. My Dundee for the pessimistic proletariat. <laughs> oh my God! Goes to Ryan Howard. <laughs> wow, that's that's a good one. Because you, you he's a he's always a jerk. Yeah. yeah, he's always a jerk. Yeah, he never wants to work in the office. Uh, obviously, yeah. he gets treated like very well by Michael, but he makes him do like stupid little chores. But he never has to do anything. He never makes a sale. He's just a temp. Do you remember, and we already discussed the ba basketball episode, but we left this detail out, when he, when Michael is going around checking his starting lineup for this, this basketball game, which in the middle of the day of an office day, you get to go play basketball. Should be fun, right? Yes. Remember what Ryan says? I'm getting paid for to, to sip lunch, right? Exactly. <laughs> no enthusiasm. Just wants to make sure he still gets paid. So, jerk. bad on you, Ryan Howard. And then the whole thing at the end and like the finale when we'll get to this later in the, in our series of podcasts, mm -hmm. but when he like runs away with Kelly for like the fourth time, like that whole, the whole story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You just, you just hate him. You he hate him. He never really redeems himself. Although the, the, uh, Wolf episode is, is the pretty classic. <laughs> no, but then he does, he stalls out on the offers right. again too. He screws everyone. He screws Michael time and time again. And Michael lets him keep coming back in. That's good. Well, I stole your Dundee. You stole my Dundee because my Dundee was best impossible invention, and that is the candy farm. So, I wanted, <laughs> so, so when Michael tells Dwight he should he should grow candy on his farm. So with that in mind, I guess that's it. I guess we're at the end of this, right? Wow. Oh, we need to cook up our clues for next week. This was our fifth. We're again in the top five. Very exciting. Next week's 
fourth best episode ever of The Office. And of all Griff, time. Of all time. Griff, your clue. The Three Stooges. Three Stooges. My clue is Legally Blonde. So do with that what you will, kids. Thanks for listening to That's What They Said. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Give us some love. We have the need for love just like Michael Scott does. If you want your own podcast, please go to pod617.com. Get in touch with us. You could be recording right out of your home tomorrow. And so, as we do on the show, we let three questions hang in the air. Griffin, would you please do the honors? I will ask you, why does Jim steal Dwight's stopwatch? Why does no one but Michael watch SNL? And why is it called hate ball? Why? <laughs> because that's what they said. That's what they said. <laughs> that's what they said. See you next time.